Does wealth equate to happiness? Today's guest, scientist and co-inventor of the technology that made LASIK surgery possible, found that wealth did not equal happiness for him. What can we as physicians learn from Dr. Baumick's story? Welcome to the ReachMD Book Club. My name is Dr. Larry Kaskill, your host, and my guest today is Dr. Manny Baumick, a world-renowned physicist and the co-inventor of the laser technology that made LASIK surgery possible. He is also author of the critically acclaimed Codename God, which has been a bestseller in the U.S. as well as in his native India. Dr. Baumick is the recipient of the prestigious Mahatma Gandhi Humanitarian Award for his contributions to science and humanity and is now the creator and executive producer of a new animated series geared towards inspiring children's interest in science. Dr. Baumick, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. Let's start, as the book starts, with a spiritual odyssey. You started out literally on a mud floor in India. Correct. And I came to this country with only $3 in my pocket and not knowing where I'm going to spend the night. Where did you get your English? Was it in India or did you learn it when you came to America? Well, in India, we did learn the English, but that was the Queen's English, British English, so to speak. Because when I first came, I had a very hard time understanding the American version of English because also the accent is different. But as you probably know or may not know, that English is actually second national language in India. But actually, de facto national language, because southern Indian people do not know the first national language, which is Hindi. So if you really want to communicate with people throughout India, you have to know English. I mean, I'm talking about native Indians. Dr. Bamak, how did you get to spend time with Gandhi? And I know you actually had the opportunity to, um, or the privilege, as you say, to clean his toilet. And in your book, you say that even the lowliest of tasks, if performed with right attention and spirit, is sacred and further breaks down the barriers that separate us from one another. Well, uh, that was one of the philosophies that Gandhi tried to instill in us. And what could be <laughs> most disagreeable task than cleaning the toilet? You know, <laughs> that is not a, a very pleasant task, but he made a, an example of it that even if it is a lowly task, but if you do it knowing that it needs to be done and do what you have to do, do it pleasure, then you are actually doing the right thing. And I was a volunteer in his camp, so I, in fact, a few of us fought for this degree because we knew that it was in the top of his agenda to show that you were living the right way. So I was privileged to <laughs> have that. Well, let's fast forward a little. Let's get into a time machine and move up a f about 30 years. You moved to America. You were a successful physicist. You developed different lasers, and you came into a large sum of money and were able to achieve your childhood dream of living in a castle on the hill in Bel Air. But once you got there, things started to change for you. Yes, as most people believe that once you have enough money, you're going to live happily ever after. And as you mentioned, that I was fortunate to earn the money, and that was that is one of the good things about America, that... Uh, if you have the willingness to work hard and have the ability to do it, then it doesn't matter whether you're born in a castle or born in a hut. And so that is, this is why if you open the border, <laughs> this country will get filled in no time at all. That work ethics and the primacy of reward to those who work hard. You say in the book, if you are good at your work, all doors open. It doesn't matter whether you were born in a hut or in a chateau. Amen. Yeah. What matters is what you produce. Yes, yes. That is 
unique to this country. Undoubtedly, anybody would vouch for it who has gone to the experience. But what happened to me is that after having enough money to live happily ever after, <laughs> that I could do whatever I wanted to do, you know, jet set around or do whatever gave me pleasure, partying and so forth. But you would be sitting in these parties surrounded by the rich and famous, and they were soulless. I would say that not all of them. In fact, uh, there were Norman Cousins and uh, Ashley Montagu and Eddie Albert, Eva Gabor, and got a few others. Uh. Did Jaja ever get jealous? No, she's a very different person than Eva. As you know, Zaza is a bipolar, so she had mood swings quite a bit. When people asked her, where, where did you meet him? And she would coyly say, in his bathtub, darling. Right, that's right. She was doing a commercial. <laughs> yeah. So the, what do you think she liked in you, Manny? Uh, probably she... my sincerity. And she actually was, in spite of her TV portrayal of her dumb blonde, she was just the opposite, very sharp and culturally oriented. And she knew everybody in town here and introduced me to uh, Gregory Peck, Johnny Carson, Bruce Springsteen, and, and you name it, you know, <laughs> she, knew all, she knew them all. So I think that she liked the sincerity in me and that I was educated. And she said that she never, as you probably know, she was married seven times and divorced seven times. And, but she never married somebody in her profession. She always married what she called civilians. We were two different persons, I guess, but we had a something a few things in very much in common and i really adored her so when you were together you were in a state of coherence and excitement too because he represented the epitome of the classy things that you can think of well so what happened to go from ava gabor to eating caviar with her and cruising around the world to meditating what was the shift in you that occurred or what was it that made you realize that Something was definitely missing. I knew, as a physician, you would ask me that. <laughs> well, what happened is that the excitement became sort of a part of my life, and going it was like going from one excitement to another, and it almost became a disease or disease. I felt a compulsion to have excitement all the time, and so I thought, this is not what I thought would be good life is, where you were able to do whatever you wanted to do financially, that is. So it was exciting, no doubt about that, but it was a insatiable. One excitement needs bigger excitement to be satisfied. So it left a hole in my heart, so to speak. And I thought, so what is wrong? And then I probably remembered my younger days with Gandhi. And I thought, what Gandhi would have said to this, you know. And he, of course, was a highly spiritual man, but unifier in a spiritual sense because even though he was a practicing Hindu, he had a picture of Christ, and he wrote on it that he is our love. And in the, every, every morning at 4 o'clock when he woke up, he led a prayer meeting, which emphasized the unity of uh, religious traditions. But uh, the emphasis was on spirituality in general. And I thought, maybe there is something to it. Uh, I ought to explore that. But then by the time I became a skeptical scientist, we don't take anybody's word for it. <laughs> and so I had to delve deep into it. You had to discover it for yourself. And and I know that he said to you that, he said, Manny, happiness is an inside job. It can never come from without. Very much so. I do believe that. And also, it is not something I'm making it up. Studies have been done in this country. As the gross national product of this country has gone up, the quotient of happiness has gone down. 
You know, now today, people's lives are full of stress, and as a cardiologist, you very much, very well know that that is the biggest killer. Stress gives rise to, or contributes heavily to cardiovascular diseases. But this is why we need the mental readjustment training. Isn't that why we have psychiatrists and Prozac? Prozac obviously has its usefulness, but also it has some side effect. But can we, But there are ways to get the same effect without having the side effect. And right now, the Buddhist type of mindful meditation is very popular. I know about 20 centers, including UCLA, where people are doing research on it and with the neuroimaging, brain mapping. And also, there are different kinds of meditation. As you know, yoga has been very popular in this country and with the same kind of goal to get rid of your stress. If you've just joined us, you're listening to the Clinician's Roundtable on ReachMD XM 157, the channel for medical professionals. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell, and I have the privilege of talking to Dr. Manny Baumick, a world-renowned physicist and co-inventor of the laser technology that made LASIK surgery possible. Manny, let me ask you a question. You have a 45-year-old radio host who's a physician, who has a nice house and a nice car and a nice family, and he happens to be a Jewish doctor, and he's looking for something more. Should he pursue, through his own religion, a way of meditation, or should he go through the Hindi school or the Buddhist school or the Zen school or the Sufi school? What what would you recommend to that lost soul? The misunderstanding about yoga, meditation, or so-called mystic experiences is that they belong to religion, and mostly because it has been practiced traditionally under the aegis of some kind of a established religious order. Like like you mentioned, the mindful meditation of the Buddhist and the Sufi, Sufi of the Islam and Kabbalist of the Jewish tradition. But interestingly, they all describe the experience in so similar term, and even though they're in different coming from different religious traditions in different countries, different times, but they describe the experience exactly the same way, that their stress is melting away, they're feeling themselves in touch with themselves. And so I would say that probably the misconception that it has something to do with religion comes from the fact that tradition has been practiced under, under the religious tradition. But you do not have to be a religious person to do that. In fact, one of my neighbors, who is a pilot, he has been practicing meditation for 30 years because he said it gives him a laser-sharp uh, focus when he was flying, and uh, that's why he does it. He has no other motivation. Well, in the book, you, you mentioned that meditation is not a matter of striving, but of setting the stage for the mind to return to its most coherent, natural, and least excited state to basically get out of the way and let God be God in you. Maybe maybe if we got rid of the word God, people would be more likely to try meditation. Yes, I think you hit it right on the head of the nail. Meditation, as I said, these 20 centers around the world that are being studied by neuropsychiatrists do not have any religious connotation, even though some of the practices, historically dubbed like mindful meditation or what have you, but they're looking at it strictly from non-religious point of view. Manny, are you are you happy yet? I'm happier. I'm you know nobody's ever fully happy because as you know, what makes you happy today may not make you happy ten years from now. <laughs> so how would you describe happiness? Is it moments in time strung together? How would you describe happiness using quantum physics to explain it? I think it is a state of mind when you feel all together and everything 
seems natural and blissful. Happiness is in fact when people are in this state, their serotonin level is high. You can analyze their urine and find that the serotonin level has gone up. And just opposite happens when you're too much stressed out and have anxiety, your cortisol level <laughs> has gone up. So uh, there is not only clinical evidence of uh, the state of happiness, but mentally, you'll have no doubt about knowing when you're happy, <laughs> do you? Well, Dr. Manny Baumick, author of the bestseller Codename God, thank you very much for coming on the ReachMD Book Club today. Thank you very much for having me. And again, the book is available pretty much everywhere. It's called Codename God. I'd like to thank you for listening to ReachMD Book Club today. I'm your host, Dr. Larry Caskell. If you tune into our website, reachmd.com, you can download any of the podcasts available in our library. And thank you for listening.